Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Embodied Business Podcast. Thank you so much for your patience. It's been a few weeks since I last shared an episode with you and yeah, I've just given myself a bit of time to shift into autumn. I've had a few more treatments with my leg. I have wrapped up the back to school sale that I ran last month, which was wonderful to do and I'm excited to be back. Today I'm sharing an episode with the wonderful Sarah Santa Croce in which we talked about everything around selling like we're human, which is also the title of Sarah's upcoming book, which I highly recommend. I was able to see a little preview of it and I really loved what I read because I think these questions and these conversations are so important for us to have. Um, I know we've been talking about this stuff for years on this podcast. It's a big theme in the Awardee business community as well. And I think every voice that we can add to that is is so welcome. You know, I'm so excited to um, shift away from this really extractive business model where we're just so hyper-focused on sending people through funnels and, um, <laughs> you know, getting our Instagram followers above uh, 10,000 or whatever the desirable number is these days. Anyway, so we talked about, you know, finding the right spaces online where it feels really good to share and show up. We talked about inflated prices and online marketing and why we don't need gurus and air quotes. We talked about rehumanizing all kinds of different business practices and just finding our sweet spot in marketing and growing our work and owning that that is something we need to do. And I know even, you know, just the word selling can bring up a lot of stuff for people. I definitely feel that in myself as well. Um, and yet it's so important to just say that as well. We need to sell stuff to make a living. Otherwise, we have a hobby. And that works for very few people. So I hope you get as much out of this conversation as I did. I would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts. If you enjoy it, I would love it if you could leave a review. It really makes a big difference to the show. Before I let you listen, I just have a few announcements. They're actually quite big. I'm a bit excited. <laughs> um, the first one is that my seventh birthday in business is coming up on the 1st of March next year. And I'm planning a month-long free community event that includes a community um, exhibition of thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to invite all of you listeners, everyone on my newsletter, everyone in the body, embodied business community to share their thoughts about how the pandemic has changed their life and what they've learned from it in a paragraph or two. And I'm going to bring all of that together in a beautiful, easy to navigate online space. I'm excited for that because I think that's something that's really helping me process and integrate at the moment, to hear stories from other people, to compare notes, to remember that it is an isolating experience, but I'm not alone in it. I heard something the other day that really stuck with me, and I'm sorry that I can't remember who said it, but what was said was that we're all, same same sea, different boat, right? Maybe you have heard this as well. I don't know if it's a thing on social media now, but yeah, I mean, that's so true, right? We're in the same sea with very different boats, and I want to know more about everyone's boats. So I'm excited for that group exhibition. I'm also going to offer as part of that another free virtual weekend retreat. We did the first one in July. That was so, so much fun. I really loved it. I learned so much. And we just had fun and did a lot of business planning and 
goal setting and ritual and just getting to know each other. So that was lovely. And then <clears throat> I'm going to have a little speaker series on the podcast um, to just dive a little bit deeper into where people are at and share some ideas with you. So if you want to hear about that, get on my newsletter over at yarodigital.com. And then my second announcement, which is kind of like a bigger story, and I'll, I'll definitely share a solo episode telling you more about this soon. But for now, I'll just say that Yarrow Digital is becoming Penguel Studio. So it seems every two or three years or so, I'm changing the name of my business. <laughs> um, that's part of evolution for me. I've also redesigned my whole website, both of them actually. So if you haven't seen that, go over to yarrowdigital.com. The URL will change soon, but it will just forward you. And my other website is yarrowmagdalena.com. And you'll see a whole new design, a lot of soft, gentle colors, organic shapes, very easy to navigate. I really love it. Um, and with that rebrand and rename, I'm also shifting towards eco-friendly web design. COP26 is coming up here in Scotland. I am living with a lot of climate grief and anxiety, not going to lie. And I'm feeling quite sad that I'm not going to physically be able, because of my lag in the accident and recovery, to be there, um, you know, in, in presence physically to protest and do things. So I've been thinking about what I can do from home and I learned more about web design and how it can be more eco-friendly. And I also learned that the internet actually has comparable carbon emissions to the flight industry, which really shocked me. And I really want to do something about that. So I'm doing a little bit more training at the moment and I'm really making that a big priority in my work. Um, I think the websites retrospectively I've, that I've made have always been pretty lightweight, um, pretty long lasting and easy to navigate, which are important factors. Um, but moving forward, like I said, I want to make this an even bigger um, focus in my work. And I've also shifted to offering a website in a day, like a starter package, and then a website in a week, which will be a more custom build, but still very affordable um, package service. So again, you can check that out at yarrowdigital.com if you want to. I am, yeah, I'm going to share more as I go along. And then the last piece is that I have a bunch of new prints that I'm selling over at yarrowmagdalena.com been able to do some printmaking in my favorite season and so yeah if you're interested in that check that out I also offer creative space sessions again on Saturdays and Sundays two different dates each month and all of that information is over at yaromagdalena.com okay and now I'll let you listen thank you so much for tuning in hi everyone I'm so happy to talk to a really like-minded soul again today Sarah Sandakoche is with me. Um, we, we already spoke in February and I have to admit, unfortunately, that I lost the interview. This is thankfully the first time this has happened to me and I'm so grateful that Sarah um, agreed to talk to me again. And as we were just catching up now, we actually said, you know, it's really not boring to look at this stuff again because things are changing so fast and even half a year in business sometimes changes your perspective and what is important to you and what you're here to do in the world in some ways so Sarah thank you so much for making time again I'm really excited to hear more about your work and how you came to do it and where you're at right now so yeah 
Thank you so much. Yes, it's it's fun because you were also on my podcast. So this is like the third time that we <laughs> are speaking, which is, yes. you know, every time we get to know each other a little bit more, which is yes. fun. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. So for those that don't know you, how would you describe your work? What are you mainly doing right now? Mm. Yeah, so I uh, have about 13 years in online business. I started out my business Uh, while we were living in California, more originally Swiss, uh, born and raised in Switzerland. And one rainy summer, just like the one we have right now, uh, my husband uh, got a job transfer and he said, well, we can go to California or to Minneapolis, which one? And I'm like, look at the weather. I definitely want to go to California. So we moved to California for four years and I, we had uh, kids back then, small kids. Uh, and so once they were settled in preschool, I decided to launch my own business. And that was in the middle of the social media boom. So I really got into kind of virtual business, virtual assistance, helping other people, other entrepreneurs with their uh, social media presence. And then Once we moved back to Switzerland in uh, 2010, that's when I started focusing mainly on LinkedIn. So uh, over the last decade, I built an online consulting business, uh, helping experts and entrepreneurs build a presence on LinkedIn. And then about four years ago or so, I had another pivot. Uh, as you said, even just six months, we, you know, sometimes pivot, like I'll mention in a, in a little bit. But yeah, we, as entrepreneurs, we constantly change and adapt. And so for me, that happened as well uh, four years ago when I somehow just realized I can't keep going the way I was going before. I, I really felt like I wanted to break free from this online marketing, um, online business kind of world where I always felt like I didn't fit in, but yet kind of just put on my mask and, you know, went with it and did what the guru said and hosted the big webinars and, and sent out the four card closing emails and all of that. But uh, I was sitting on my therapist's chair and just told her it's so effing hard to be different. And that really uh, led to this breakdown, which then luckily, as these things often do, led to a breakthrough where I realized, okay, I need to either quit this whole thing or really come up with another way to do it. And that's when I, this domain name, the gentle business revolution came to me. It's just like one night, you know, when I couldn't sleep, I'm like the gentle business revolution, that's what I need to reserve. And that's what. I need to do that's I, my main mission still is to this day to bring more gentleness and kindness to the business world so I think that sums it up <laughs> thank you so much for walking us through that process that makes so much sense to me I've been in similar situations not necessarily on a therapist I mean just because I have therapy on zoom <laughs> I have discussed the same feeling with so many people it's it's really exhausting sometimes trying to untangle ourselves from these narratives and trying to do things differently what also really strikes me this year is that when we do step away it feels like sometimes we're stepping away from something very ancient and actually the internet is so young 
you know, mm. all these things that we have come to think of as just the way things are, like sending four emails, for example, before the clo- card closes, really like pestering people to sign up. That has already been around for, I don't know, 10 years or something, you know, that mm-hmm. in the greater picture of human history, that's absolutely nothing. It's not even the blink of an eye, really. So, yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, it, it's it feels like when you're in it, it feels so heavy and it feels like, you know, you just accept it because that's the way it is. But you're right. If you just take that bird's eye view and you're like, you know, this tiny little human in the big picture, like, of course, you can change and do it your way. Who says you couldn't? Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I would love to hear a little bit more about what that looks like for you. So you have found your own way of doing things, of connecting with people, sharing about your work. I, I noticed myself being hesitant here even to use the word marketing at all, um, you know, because it's loaded and complicated. But, you know, also then there's this other side where we have to, I guess, tell people what we're doing if we want to work with anyone. So what is that feeling like for you right now? What is important and how do you, support others and finding their own way of doing things as well yeah it it really um what I realized when I kind of thought about well what does this look like and how do I want to share this I thought about some very pragmatic things in marketing that I have learned and and I think for me as a Capricorn it's it's important to be grounded and and say and not say oh let's just throw all these marketing things out the door and we can just you know manifest clients or things like that uh, i'm sure that there's you know some people that for whom that works but that is not my approach my approach is saying let's take what has been established in marketing and certain concepts that work and let's adapt them to a us to uh, our values uh, and use them in a way that feel good so for example the the seven p's of marketing uh, that's kind of a concept that is uh, well established and well known um, where you know you have these different circles of seven p's of of marketing Um, I looked at those seven p's and I thought well yeah some of them are you know, still valid. I guess we do have to know who our people are, who our clients are, and find out, you know, how they tick and uh, what what they feel, what they think. So uh, people, for example, that had to stay. Another one is pricing. Yes, pricing is part of marketing. We need to know, even as heart-centered entrepreneurs, we need to come up with our prices. Uh, we just need to do it in an, a fair and authentic way. And that, for example, for pricing, that means not overpriced things, um, because that's kind of what has been happening in this online space. It feels like some entrepreneurs, gurus, they just they they were testing the limit and see how much they could get away with. So meaning like they're charging, you know, 20, 30, 40 thousand dollars for these online programs, uh, coaching programs or things like that. So that to me is not fair and authentic pricing. Um, So certain of these P's, I thought, well, they need to stay, but then there's other P's that um, were outdated. For for example, um, physical evidence uh, is one that 
yes, you know, right now we're all online. We don't need to pay so much attention to, you know, location, location used to be the thing, right? Well, now we're all location independent. So that doesn't matter so much. So really what I did is I, I kicked some of the old outdated um, piece out and then brought in some of the piece that in my opinion were missing. And they all had to do with the being and not so much the doing. Because what I realized is in marketing, we always try to focus on doing the next thing, you know, like, uh, oh, how do you do Facebook ads now? Or how do you, um, you know, host a room on Clubhouse? It's always these new things that are being taught by the gurus that you absolutely need to know now as well. But in this hustling, we're exhausting ourselves by constantly wanting to do more without ever paying attention uh, on being more and really figuring out, well, who are we and you know, what's important to us and how do we bring more of that into our marketing? Because I think the conscious client, the clients that you, know, you I, your listeners um, want to work with, they are interested in being uh, in working with people who's aligned, who are va- whose values are aligned, who uh, you know care for our planet, who um, yeah want to do, do things in a beautiful way. So the, the values have changed, and certainly now after COVID, um, these are things that people pay attention to now. So uh, really, what I did is I brought in. Uh, the P's that have more to do with actually uh, personal development than with you know the real marketing. So f- for example, uh, one P is passion. So finding out your passion, what are you passionate about? What's your purpose? What's your why, the famous why? Um, the second P is personal power. So that is when you really go deep and find out, well, why are you in business? What matters to you? Uh, you know, how are you wired? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Uh, yeah, the, what is your worldview? And so bring more of those stories into your marketing. Because marketing nowadays is a lot about connection and you connect by telling stories. So really kind of changing these seven Ps um, into something that is more aligned with what conscious customers today want and also conscious entrepreneurs and then I wrapped them all up uh, into a mandala because a mandala is a uh, you know it's a creative process that brings us to our center and I really feel like if we market from our center from within from the heart that's when you really align with your customers and you don't have to do it in a way that doesn't feel good anymore because it's just comes naturally yeah there's so much to unpack there I love what you said in the beginning about this mechanism we often see of overpricing and really trying to test the limits and I I think that feels just so extractive to me you know looking at a group of people as potential customers and then really just thinking okay like how much can I get out of these people and even in the process of defining who do I want to offer something to? Often the thought is more like, well, who can pay me as much as possible rather than who do I 
really want to work with or feel some kind of connection with or am excited to collaborate in some way. Um, I have to admit, I didn't know about the piece. I mean, I had heard about them before, but I remember dismissing the concept and being like, <laughs> it feels, that feels outdated, you're right. And um, I think, yeah, but I also really love the idea of structure. I think that's so important, especially for people starting out to feel that they have something that they can map their ideas against. I really, really recommend that people spend some time finding their core values in business even if that feels really abstract as you're starting out and even if very likely those will change as you gain experience and you you know get to know yourself better within your business I think that's so important because then all these micro decisions that we have to make day in day out are so much easier to do or to make because you know we have yeah we have something to map them against and I also love what you said about um you know Asia Sula says something I love as well. She says, humans are beings, not doing. So kind of shifting more towards how we want to be in the world and allowing ourselves to not always be doing the next thing is mm -hmm. really beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're working also with like a range of different people, some of which I imagine start, starting out and some are maybe more experienced. Um, with those that are starting out and that maybe, you know, you also have experience with different spaces. You've been on LinkedIn um, I imagine in other spaces as well. And I think a key question for many people at the moment is like, where do I really want to show up and how? And kind of being discerning with that and not feeling that we have to be everywhere all the time with our marketing. So yeah, when someone is starting out, what do you recommend? Like, how do you support them? Yeah, I um, I really think that is so key because I find so many entrepreneurs being so overwhelmed with all the marketing possibilities out there. And every guru will tell you that you should be doing this thing that they are passionate about. And I used to be one of those, you know, like, um, you know, LinkedIn for me was the one thing. Now I always asked people, you know, depends on who you're client or who your client is and where they hang out but yes I I you know said well LinkedIn is a good place um, but the question really is and it starts with your client it doesn't start with the platform uh, it starts with your client or even before that it starts with yourself because if you're, you know your client is on TikTok but you just absolutely can't stand TikTok, why go there? You, you won't enjoy it. You won't have a business that you enjoy. And what's the point of that? I mean, we're entrepreneurs. So we build a business around, you know, our lifestyle and how, what we enjoy. So I absolutely um, disagree with just saying, well, you have to be where your client is. No, it has to actually also be the one platform that you enjoy. And in, in my uh, gentle marketing superpower session, I, I really ask people to analyze also, again, it's, it's that personal power, who they are, what they're, um, you know, what they think is their marketing superpower. And that means like finding out, well, do you prefer to write or to speak? Uh, are you enjoying one-on-one -on -one connections? do they drain you like really asking yourself these different questions because if you set up this 
you know, elaborate schedule of all these things that you have to do and you have to be present on all these different things. Um, well, you will run a business that after two years, you, you're going to be so tired of that you just can't uh, sustain it. So to go back, what would I advise is like, go deep, ask yourself these questions. What gives me joy? Which ones of the platforms do I actually find fun? You know, could I spend a couple of hours uh, per day? And if, if it's none of them, then maybe it's none of them. And maybe you prefer, you know, running a podcast or you prefer um, networking, even though right now it's all virtual, but it just really, you need to find that one thing that gives you joy. And for some people, it's just writing uh, a newsletter and, you know, that's enough. Um, of course, um, what we hear from the gurus is, or from, I call them gurus, but, you know, these people that we kind of look up to and they have giant businesses, what they don't always tell us is that they have teams of 10, 20 people. And so of course they can be everywhere and they can repurpose all their content, but you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to do that. So that's why I say pick one platform, maybe two and be you know, consistent uh, on those because consistency is really what got me where I am. It's not being everywhere. It's you know, being there regularly. And that doesn't even mean like every day. No, I'm social media more and more actually is um, draining for me as well. So um, again, that can shift, but obviously in the beginning, yeah, people need to be kind of known for something. So whether it's known for your podcast, known for your great newsletter, known for your great you know, Facebook group, known for your great LinkedIn presence. It needs to be something that people can come back to and know that you're there and that you're consistent. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that permission piece of just letting go what doesn't feel right because we're not going to enjoy it anyway. And I remember times in the very beginning of my business where I found that almost hard to hear. So I was so desperate to kind of find the next project and make it work that I just was too anxious in a way to say oh yeah you know that's just not for me I'm, I'm gonna yeah. let that go and so I think this confidence and this sermon was something that I've earned over time but when I've you know every time I allowed myself that space to say no or to focus on just one thing that felt really good that grew my business like nothing else did really so it's that focus right yeah, that, yeah, yeah. it is exactly and I also totally agree I, I am on a bunch of newsletters where I know that the people do nothing but this newsletter. Mm -hmm. They're so good. I'm so excited when I see them in my inbox and they're so rich and varied and each week is different and you know it doesn't feel too salesy. It's just it's just like a being in a conversation and hearing about that person. So yeah, I feel I'm so not over newsletters. I still love them so so much. I think they're amazing. Um and yet again, there's that permission piece to say you don't have to write a newsletter if you're already doing something else really well, right? Uh, because we all think, oh, we have to, you know, build a list. And I think that's the one thing where I say, yes, it's a good thing to still build your email list because as we know, the social media platforms, well, you don't own uh, that kind of um, asset where if it's, 
you have people's email, you they're yours, you own them. Um, so so I would say, yes, still have some kind of free giveaway or, or download. But that doesn't mean that you have to write a weekly uh, newsletter that's like really elaborate with new content and, and all of that. You can just write every now and then, um, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to clarify, when we say you own them, we don't mean we own the people. We mean no. the content because, yeah, you're totally right. Things on social media can change and, you know, people's accounts sometimes get shut down. It's very rare, but it can happen. And and a newsletter, in a way, is independent media. You can say whatever you want. You can add videos and graphics and you can take as much space as you wish, which is really cool as well. And I think I love the shift that I'm seeing from also away from like, this this really um what is the word um transactional way of like I need x amount of newsletter subscribers to earn x amount of money to really thinking about like you know they're people they're people who've invited you into your inbox and how do you want to be in relationship with them you know what would they maybe want to hear about um yeah I, I love I love receiving people's newsletters and there's many people that I also really love hearing about when they have something to offer that I might want to buy or maybe not but it's it's yeah I really I love newsletters and and it's so true and and what you're saying is is correct it's that feeling of really being in conversation um again my kind of journey towards this more um you know gentle marketing and I I'll tell the story of you know how that transformed uh, a bit later as well but but it also led me to rethink about the idea of these subscribers right when you say subscribers like you just mentioned they're they're people who are really in conversation with you yes they're they're not necessarily replying to every email but now when I get replies from the people on my list, I'm like, yay, thank you so much. You know, like, because again, you hear the, the people with the big businesses, um, obviously they can't reply to every message anymore. And I understand that. However, what they're teaching you is kind of like, well, build that in from scratch. You know, a, a, a list is not there for people to answer your emails. I think that's wrong, actually. As you're building, it's great to hear from your subscribers. It's great to have a back and forth. You can always change that once you have this big business where you know you don't have time to answer people's emails anymore. But why build that in from scratch? It's again that kind of you know, scaling uh, idea that we learned um, in this internet business, like you have to go big. Who says, you know? Yes, I love that so much. That's something that's really been on my mind this past year of like, scaling is such a vague term in a way, you know, like what exactly does that really mean? And mm -hmm. yes, there are so many ways in which my business has become significantly easier to run and some of those you could possibly label scaling, but that's not really what I have in mind or what my goal was. And I, I love also just reminding ourselves that 
bigger isn't always better. I made a really conscious choice not to build a team, for example, because I just know I don't have the capacity to have those relationships with other people in that team in a way that would feel good for me. You know, I love working with people. I love collaborating. I love working with my clients one-on-one. But to really have a team, I don't even know if there is a way right now to do that that would feel aligned and fair to me or mm-hmm. just, you know, if, if that's a better word. But um, And I'm fine with that. I'm so happy to to just be by myself most of the day, you know, mm-hmm. to work from home and to bring other people in in very playful and temporary ways um, and without, you know, feeling responsible for their income, for example. Um, and I think that makes me more adaptable in lots of ways. I can move very quickly, change something, let something go, try something new because it's just me. And and so I'm really happy that way. And for me, building a team and scaling just would not give me joy, basically. Yeah. And again, maybe it's kind of this idea that we got that we have to create a team and you know outsource all of these things and go bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, where the permission piece is again, well, no, you do what you like. And a good book to read about this is uh, The Company of One by Paul Jarvis, uh, which really talks about that as well. Speaking about books, you wrote a beautiful book, and I would love to hear a little bit more about what the process of writing was like, how you stayed motivated, and yeah, where, where you see the future of the book as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so as we discussed offline, there's a whole story to the to the book and, and what came after. But I'll start with with the beginning. I, I uh, decided to write a book in 2019, and you know before COVID started, and so uh, COVID came, and it was like the perfect break for me to to write this book, and I called it the the gentle marketing revolution. Uh, it really feels like a revolution to me. It's um, something that's also kind of part of my DNA. I'm uh, the daughter of two hippie parents. So really kind of like, it feels like a homecoming. It's like, this is a, you know, think of, of Gandhi and his um, peaceful revolution. It's a revolution, but it's a gentle revolution. And it's really a lot about um yeah, giving yourself permission to do it differently, to to run a business differently, but also mainly I talk about marketing in the book. So to 2020, I wrote the book and I had a really good book coach. So, so that helped uh, with the structure. Uh, I think a lot of, um, a big piece about the book writing is having a good structure so that you know, where you're going, that the book is all planned out so that you're not just sitting there on page one. Hmm, let me see, what am I going to write about? So uh, then once I had the structure, it was really just a matter of writing one hour per day. I kind of split it up into uh, almost like different blog posts. I used to write a a blog for 10 years. So this wasn't very much more difficult. I just said, okay, one topic per day, one blog post per day. And so at the end of 2020, I had the book ready and then I decided to launch it on Kickstarter, which was a really fun experience. I thought, well, how 
how's a gentle marketer going to launch a book without being pushy? And, you know, all, I didn't want it to be all about me. I really wanted it to be about the message. And so I launched it on Kickstarter because, because I really felt like Kickstarter is about creating community and having people raise their hand and say, yes, Sarah, we want you to finish that book and, and write it and launch it. So that felt really good. And then at the beginning of this year, I um, then had the official launch um, during the Random Acts of Kindness Week. So I interviewed a whole bunch of people about kindness in business and and it just, yeah, I felt really good. And, and then unfortunately, I, I hit a, a little uh, bump on the road um, where two weeks after the book launch, I received a seasoned assist letter from a lawyer in, um, in the US telling me that I can't use gentle marketing anymore because she had just deposited that brand in January uh, of the same year. So really, it's just a matter of weeks. And so, yeah, my world pretty much fell apart for uh, some time and I had to regroup and uh, obviously I you know there were a lot of people were telling me well maybe you can fight this and and you know there's always a way and all these I, I was talking to lawyers of course that was the first kind of um, reaction but immediately I, I knew in my gut I'm like that's not what I signed up for I didn't sign up for you know, writing about gentle marketing and then finding myself in a very ungentle um, kind of legal battle. So I did not want to um, put energy into that. And so I, I chose to, you know, um, basically give her what legally was hers and, uh, and rebrand. And so now as we're recording this, we're just kind of in the middle of the new brand uh, reveal. And uh, since this podcast is going out in September, I can say that I found a, a new term because what, once you really understand this trademark law, it's really crazy because there's, yeah, obviously every kind of um, synonym of gentle had already been taken and uh, has already been reserved. <laughs> so I had to really find a new term that has almost never been used before. And so I'm going to now call it humane marketing. So uh, marketing in a way that is humane, that is compassionate and kind. And it also plays, of course, with the word human. Uh, so it's humane and human. And I'm really happy with the new term. I find it almost more powerful because it's more inclusive because sometimes people or men ask me, well, does gentle marketing mean that it's not for us? And I always said, no, it, it is for everyone, every sex. So um, yeah, I feel like humane marketing includes everybody. And so the, the, the book will have to be changed. The website uh, is now um, humane.marketing. And the book, I didn't want to go for that title. I'm going to call it uh, Marketing Like We're Human. So that is the new book title. But yeah, quite the journey. <laughs> the book has quite the story. Yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really sorry that happened to you. And um, yeah, I was so excited for this new chapter. I'm really glad that you found another way of doing it. And 
as a side note is so I have so many feelings about the fact that men think gentle things are not for them what mm. is that telling us about our concepts of gender but that is for another that's another podcast, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Sarah thank you so much for sharing just kind of like what your journey has been this past year and how things have shifted and changed I'm excited to share all these big permission pieces with people and before we go I would love to hear where people can find you and what you're currently offering yeah so so I now have two websites the main one is uh, humane.marketing that's where you find out about you know the the whole concept um, I have a, a download for the one page marketing plan with the mandala and the seven p's that's at humane.marketing uh, forward slash one the number one and then page I still have to get used to uh, you know the domain name without a .com so it's a humane dot marketing slash one page that's the that's the free download with the one page marketing plan and then if you want to just find out more about me that's at sarahsantacroce.com thank you so much and we'll link to that in the show notes again thank you sarah it was really great to talk to you Thanks as well, Yarrow. I think we could go on and on in all kinds of different directions uh, about this, yeah, this online business and the paradigm change that we so desperately need. So thanks for having me. Thank you.